0: is this mic turned on wax poetic hi kids i'm a dinosaur hunter bmx rider long division sure comes in handy all the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera
1: if i ran the web you could email dead people wax poetic just say
0: no to family values in the
1: terrarium is herpes Herpes is a hermit crab.
2: And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice.
0: This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM.
1: So what if I write a poem like a song?
0: Hello, thanks for tuning in. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Wax Poetic on Co op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your hosts today, RC Weslowski. And I'm your other host, Lucia Mish. And we're actually very happy to have in studio today, Angelica Paversky. Hi.
2: Hi, RC. Hi, Lucia. Hello. <laughs> nice to see you. Thanks,
0: thanks for joining us <laughs> yeah, today.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked.
0: Cool. Well, let's get you to start things off with a poem. Uh,
2: okay, please. cool. Um. So yes, I will not be swearing today So if you want to hear me swear, we'll talk about that later Where you can find me uh, But this is a poem that I wrote with many a swear words so It'll be very fun This one is called Old Future Old Future looks so edible Old Future would cook for me When I'm too busy to eat Old Future hated my ex And would never hurt me like that Old Future was a semicolon With a promise A broken sentence A breakup before a breakup A stranger lit up pretty by the gas, Old Future said that we'd F and hold hands and kiss and marry and memories of Old Future still feel so good. Old Future's eyes are a lonely city I want out of now. I just want a clean fridge, the clothes under my bed to be my closet, and a memory that isn't bruised. I want to go to New York and F a million new Futures. And maybe then Old Future's dick pics will rot on my iCloud. And then maybe my hope will stop vibrating with wet smiles and blood. The snow will buzz and I will show my teeth. The pizza man will say, why do you look so happy? Angelica will say, I laugh instead of cry. A quiet grief will glitter my face like Lou. The pizza will be soggy and sparkling. And last night's will happen just like this. Mm, thank yeah. you. thank you so much. Old yeah. future. yeah, right on.
0: It's like the name of a dog.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it could be the name of a dog. Aww, <laughs> old
1: future like old Yeller. yeah,
0: yeah uh, and that gets and it never gets put down yeah. because it's in the future.
1: yeah, but it's in the old future
0: the old future.
1: yeah, it's just old exist future the chicken. Yeah, the old future. We were talking about my cat Chicken earlier before the show started, and Chicken, I think he is in old... I mean, Chicken is an ageless being. No one knows how old he is, Um, and sometimes he looks like a kitten, and sometimes he looks like Ent from Lord of the Rings, who's like 600 years old, so it's really hard to tell. Uh, But poetry (laughs) yeah.
0: I was going to say What changes the age Or look of age On Chicken
1: Oh man I've been trying to figure that out For so long I don't know Uh, Maybe like how much He's like Ruffled his face first Sleeping Mm. on the couch But it's something It's just something in his eyes Mm. Really Mm. Yeah And really sometimes He looks like both at once Because he's magical. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a poem, and I'm going to talk about my cat for the next 25 minutes.
2: All right, chicken. So
0: Old Future uh, is not a dog, it's not a cat, but it is a poem. What is Old Future to you? Uh,
2: Well, so in that poem, it was about a relationship that did not happen, basically. So it's just kind of talking about um, my projections of of hope or of a future with someone that just didn't work out.
0: Uh, So one that never happened at all or and it faded away or that it never actually even began
2: it began as a quasi-relationship and then it faded away so that's that's what it is Mm -hmm.
0: so it's about a specific person or do you end up thinking about all sorts of other relationships when you do that
2: i think i wrote it with that intention with it being about this person and maybe even for this person as well but then i think it kind of fizzled into also thinking about my tendency to Get really hyped up about future plans or excited about things that might happen, and then life changes course, and that future becomes an old future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you do that regularly with uh, not just relationships, but just other like projects or? Is that some projecting oh, into the future? Is that Definitely, do definitely.
2: Out? I'm always thinking like 10,000 steps ahead about everything in my yeah. life and everything always completely changes because life is not linear <laughs> despite what they tell you to believe. Um, so I definitely find myself always projecting all my hopes and dreams onto like one specific thing. I'm like, okay, once I buy this water bottle, <laughs> I will climb Mount Everest. And I'm like, oh, no, there's actually a couple other steps that happen, you know, <laughs> between
1: those two things.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. I like this
1: idea though, that there's like there's we're just sort of like leaving like littering old futures behind us. Yeah, exactly. You know, as yeah, as as the things that we uh cannot predict and cannot foresee. Yeah. And exactly. that are not do not pan out linearly, like go down and you're like, Oh, well, there goes that Person I thought I was going to be, thing I thought I was going to do. Exactly. Yeah. What did you want to be when you were a little kid? What did you think you were going to be when you were
2: um, a princess or a ballerina?
1: Or mm-hmm. futures. I mean, yeah. actually, I shouldn't say. Are you either a
2: princess or a ballerina? Uh, I am definitely not. I'm highly none of those things. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think I have just changed dramatically as a child because I was so I was so interested in gender. I, no, that's not. Like, I was so interested in like the feminine uh, portrayal. Of myself that was kind of I think as a kid like you know you like pink and all these things and then you get older and then you find poetry and you're like oh everything else is different in this world than I ever expected mm. it to be um, so now uh, all that I want to do is, is art and and research and Activism, those things which don't have anything to do with being a princess or a ballerina,
1: <laughs> not necessarily. But you never know, right?
2: Actually, yeah, there are some great ballerina activists out there. I don't know, and you know what, princess too. There's, there's definitely some headlines about princesses making some big strides in the world. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: There could be some new futures
1: in which you are an mm. artist, researcher, activist, princess, ballerina. Oh,
2: yes, exactly. Yeah. I
0: hope for that stuff. How did uh, art change that for you? That perspective, oh. those perspectives.
2: I mean, I think, I, and sometimes I question whether or not it was actually joining the poetry scene that did all this for me, or if it would have happened naturally through other ways. But the way that it happened for me, I started writing poetry, I started coming to slam in grade 9, I think. I was I was really young. And I think at that time, I didn't really know anything at all about like, intersectional feminism or anti-oppression or any of these words were super foreign to me, but I think coming into the scene, I had learned a lot about social justice that I hadn't before, and I feel like that really opened up my eyes to, wait, there's all these things that I'm interested in that I think that I want to use my energy towards, and um, yeah, just like, I think I think the absence of justice in so many ways that I was so just not aware of because of my privilege, and until coming into the space, I was like, wait, what, And also, it gave me a lot of um, opportunities to reflect on my own life and how I've been uh, growing and how I've lived and everything. And what,
1: what drew you to poetry when you were in grade nine?
2: Um, I was actually always writing poetry uh, from a really young age. Like when I was five, I started just I just started rhyming because I loved Arthur and they had a really good theme song. And I stole all the words for the theme song. That was my first time doing plagiarism. Uh, and I, I wrote it and I showed it to my mom. I was like, look, mom, I wrote the song. But no, that was a lie. It was the Arthur theme song. Uh, and then as I got a bit older and uh, I think it was elementary school, there was kind of a poetry club and then in high school there was definitely a poetry club and then I went to Hullabaloo and then I went to a bunch of other things and I did this talent show and then I was like told I was good at it and then that fed my ego so I kept going and here I am.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's such a it's such a it's so cool to hear you tell that story because I have sort of a similar trajectory. I started like sort of early high school ish doing spoken word. Yeah totally. And the other day I had this like thought cross my mind where I was like, Whoa, I've been doing poetry for, like, half my life at this point. That's so
2: wild. Which is
1: very weird, just, like, mathematically to me. But also I was, like... And that's because I was one of the ones who was always going to be a poet. And then this next thought that crossed my mind was like, that's ridiculous, Lucia. Like, it's it's a future. It's It was like, it could have become an old future. Yeah, and exactly. actually, it's just that a lot of people supported me and exactly. like encouraged me and put energy in that part of my life. And I so I put energy in that part of my life. And like, here we are.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I always think about that, too. I feel like so much of it comes down to people believing in you and... Because there's so many other things that I feel like I was discouraged or not even other people discouraged me, but I just didn't have the same energy that I had for going into poetry just because poetry came with this amazing community. It came with all these people that were willing to mentor me and help me with things, uh, which which is different than anything else usually. So, yeah. Did
0: your family have expectations of you going down a different path or is uh, that, were they supportive?
2: I feel like... I don't know. That's I, I feel like my family has always been deeply supportive of me, and I think that's been really awesome, especially because they're immigrants and, like, they came here. And, I mean, I think the tendency is for, like, an immigrant family is not to want their kid to become a poet, you know? Like, that's just... that's
0: Something more stable. Yeah,
2: maybe something more stable, like a doctor or a lawyer, would, would be more in my Jewish lineage as well. Um, but, yeah, so th- they were always really... I think they were always impressed with it. Like, they never thought that it was something that even really existed, like, until they kind of came here. My dad was a poet, but the way that he did poetry was very different, like page poetry or songwriting. Um, so, when they saw that there were so many poetry events here, and they were exposed to this, they were really surprised and impressed, and they've seen that I've had some success with it, so they know that it's not just this, you know, makefully fairy tale idea of me being a poet. Like, it's an actual, you know, thing that you can do. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Right on. Right on. Can we hear
2: another poem? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, let me see. Yeah, so this one is actually kind of around the same theme of Old Future, but... The other side of it, I guess, which will make more sense after I read it. It's called Becoming. My circus friend calls my anxiety suspense, but I say that it's hope, like a cruel timer, always waiting for the world and its juggler box of magic. I am the most impatient person every room I'm in, and I walk in 40 minutes late, always ready for the confetti cannon hoping for it to be now already the big stage or the big love or the five-foot-eight blessing who will hold me like a blessing back to be close enough to touch just once and so I lie awake in my childhood bed a memorialized coffin of my old self wondering if a five-hour plane ride will manifest after months of imagination or if the promise of a ticket or years of hustle or goodness those who wait always on the brink of something beautiful will say a hologram hot for the time being pretending to be grateful just for being a fish in a bowl bruising for ocean a hawk in a jar a lion flapping in the body of an ostrich a scream inside a quiet city I'm confined to this map touching other people to feel something I get split in half and never sewn back together With a spirit that's a wet hunt, overlapping myself, always desperate for a boundless future I can almost lick. And what if I always want more? More than Starbucks gift cards or handshakes as checks and blood that only knows my resume and my clothing size. What if I'm hungry my whole life? I swallowed a salad that tastes like a burger after flying through a city where the McDonald's was the same size as the mosque, and I would feed my bite-sized belief holes fries and forgiveness. I'm a loud bitch in a quiet place, munching on the unmanifested, falling in love through Facebook, chasing dreams behind email screens, always looking ahead. I suspend myself up, describing colors that don't have names yet, talking about how his skin feels though I haven't touched him yet. I suspend myself up. And to survive in this float, I must play in the sky, climb the city inside out, until the ground begs for me back, until my soon is the crash and breath of now, until my alarm clock chest goes off with trombones and orgasms, and I realize I'm always in this painful dance of becoming.
1: Thank you. Wow. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. So that's about uh, old futures, but in another way.
2: Yes, exactly. Tell us more about that. Yeah. um, That piece, it was also about the same relationship that I wrote it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was still like, oh, I just want... I just want to happen, I just want to happen, I just want to, I just want to be your girlfriend. <laughs> and then I was just writing this, and I was getting, and I, I actually wrote this while I was flying somewhere, and I honestly don't even remember where I was anymore. I was flying, I was flying from Paris to, uh, to Vancouver, but I was stopped in Chicago, and I wrote this all in Chicago, because I had, like, a 10-hour delay.
1: Hmm.
2: And I was just waiting, and I was just going. I was just going bonkers, honestly. I was just sitting there, I was eating the salad, and it just—it was in America, so it tastes like a burger. And I was just like, "Why is the McDonald's so big?" And like, all these things were in my head, and I was just like thinking so much about him. And I was like, "Oh no, like, is this going to happen?" Um, and then I kind of got to this realization of like, "Wait, this." And as I was saying with old futures, like, "Oh, this." this idea of me like really really wanting something or really really wanting someone or wanting for things to just be like good or just this like magical idea of things just being like static and stable and good and fine I was like oh wait that doesn't happen from the outside world like that's something that you achieve within yourself and until I work on that in myself like I will always be in this in this dance of becoming of this dance of always wanting something else and never being satisfied um So, yeah, that's that's kind of where that poem came from. It's
1: very nicely put. I'm annoyed at how true that is, what you just said. I'm just like, oh, God, you're right. You're right. There is no situation or person or like uh, uh, external setup. Yeah, exactly. is going to create peace. That's not how it
2: works. Exactly. Exactly. Even though I think external setups do help. To some degree, <laughs> they don't ever give you what you need. I was actually talking to my friend Tasha Rocino, That's a plug. Um, <laughs> the other day on the phone, and she was just telling me, like, look, like, I have inner peace now. <laughs> and she was just like, and it didn't come from like thinking about it. You know, it just came from just time and just also becoming an adult to some degree and realizing that I want to figure out my life and just committing to that and that's what it is mm-hmm. um and you we have to just,
0: work at that too yeah
2: exactly you know, it's not it's <clears throat>
0: it is you know it's i feel like it is something you have to work at and it's also um this notion of becoming is a constant throughout your life you exactly. are we are never st- we, you know then that's only something i've you know kind of accepted myself in the last you know three four or five years uh, and like and that happens to people is like they they want stability and comfortability and because of the fear of who know of many things but the fear of death and the fear of collapse and exactly. the fear of all these things that will happen so we kind of come up with these things that in our minds i think that help protect us from that fear but if you accept it and move through it and then you may get some inner peace and just go okay this is the way it is right you know for all of us and uh, how am i going to now nav- you know if everybody figures out how they're going to have to navigate that uh, realization and but it yeah it's, it, i found that that poem beautiful and but there was some, some a sense of wisdom in there too that i was just quite and uh not a naive romanticism but there was a romanticism to it that i found quite endearing too oh thank you so it's just the, mm-hmm. you know thing yeah
1: Oh, they, well, just there's a complexity of imagery, too. There's all of, like, there's the airplane uh, and sort of the imagery of travel and then the circus and sort of food and nourishment coming into it over and over as well. These different... So for me, it was very, like, visually rich to listen to. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, I and
0: you. I think, and for me, too, also, like, the I'm a lot older, so the hope of youth... In that, you know, and and not having all that being diminished through life, <laughs> you know, beaten down through yeah. life experience and all that sort of stuff, that that was still there, and your your desire in the poem of like that I will always be like this, or can I, you know, in this sense state of becoming, and can I still do this? Can I? Will yeah. I lose this? Is there? Do you worry about that at all in your oh, life?
2: I think I don't worry about that, and that, that was something that I I kind of in this poem was drawing trying to draw the parallel between that anxiety of this collapse of everything as you were kind of describing and then also at the same time I feel like having that is also a symptom of having this you know super intense hope for everything and I feel like to, I don't really know how to have one without the other in a lot of ways because I feel like both are just this massive amount of energy and like dreams and just like pursuit of love or whatever it is um and I find myself always teeter-tottering between those two. Um, but yeah, and actually with the circus line that you pointed out, it's, it's actually true. My friend who's in the circus, um, I just love the way that she describes things. And like, she also she also mentioned something about a confetti cannon on that phone call that I had with her when I was telling her about all these feelings that I was having. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work out with him, like blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, oh, don't worry. This is just suspense. This is like... <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is sort of a nice way to think about anxiety. Yeah. If indeed there is a nice way to think about anxiety, <laughs> yeah, exactly. as just yeah, kind of like waiting for something that could be a confetti cannon and not like falling off the trapeze and breaking your neck. You never know. Exactly. If we're gonna keep exactly. the circus metaphors going, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I really liked that that opening with with thinking about anxiety as suspended and then of course with like the airplane imagery too airplanes are suspended yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah. that yeah. comes in again and again the being suspended up
2: yeah, yeah.
0: this <laughs> mcdonald's as large as a mosque where was that was that chicago that was
2: chicago yeah it was actually when we flew over uh chicago like i saw a mcdonald's and right beside it was a was a mosque and they were both like literally the same size and i just saw that and i was like oh welcome to america <laughs> you know? but I, I thought that it was something it was there's something about like nourishment and this and belief and like this religious belief and like trying to feed myself that i kind of wanted to come across um in that image and i felt like that image was so lovely mm-hmm.
0: in, in and was America's. that in the airport that you were eating the salad or yeah i was
2: in yeah. the airport that was eating oh salad.
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> And you had 10 hours there? Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you get to get out of Chicago, out of the airport at all? Or did, no, or I could didn't you? Because
2: it kept getting delayed. So it was, I was supposed to only have like a two or three hour layover. And then they kept adding an hour, like every hour. So I just, I was also in the state of suspense. <laughs> oh, when am I going to get on this plane? Um so that kind of all fed into this yeah and
0: exactly. i kind of remember you saying you're going to paris what were you doing in paris i was What's actually
2: i was actually just chilling that oh. was it I, was just hanging out <laughs> I thought you had a conference or something oh sort of well thing. i did actually end up performing a couple times um but that was just kind of random like it just kind of came up like while i was in paris and i met some people and they were like oh come and perform but uh beyond that yeah we were just hanging mm. out saw so my friend who's been traveling for for years now and we just met up in paris and, mm. yeah
0: uh, performing, you're doing a show tonight. Let's yes. talk about that. What's I am. happening? I'm
2: doing a show tonight at Granville Island. Um, it is called New Words Riots. There's going to be a bunch of poets, and we're all going to be doing little mini sets. And I myself will be doing a clowning, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's going to be somewhat of a burlesque clowning. Uh, Gender bending poetry singing rap
1: fusion. So <laughs> something feature. for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: so that's gonna be super fun, and everybody else is gonna also be killing it. Um, so it's gonna be me, Mariah Deere, Andrew Warner, Elisha Lucero, Justine Doe, Leslie Stark, um, Angelica Solomon maybe one other person that I sadly forgot maybe they're not listening so it's all good
1: (laughs) and it's and it's on Granville Island tonight
2: yes it's on Granville Island tonight at Redgate review stage
1: okay right on how can people find the uh the information online if they want to look
2: for yeah there's a Facebook event it's also on Event Tribe all you have to do is just google new words riot maybe Redgate review as well it might come up um, on my Facebook artist page, artist page, too, there is an event for it that mm. you can find as well.
0: Um, yeah. Before we get one more poem from you, if people yeah. want to get in touch with you and you would like them to get in touch with you, how do they do that?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Angelica, A-N-G-E-L-I-C-A, Paversky, Po, as in P-O, Ver, <laughs> V-E-R, ski. Sky, S-K-Y.
0: Pronounced ski, but spelled sky. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, let's uh, get one more poem from you. And if you're just tuning in, this is uh, Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, C-F-R-O. 100.5 100.5 FM. Our guest today is Angelica Paversky. And uh, if you are just joining in, don't forget you can find this show online on co-opradio.org uh, following uh, this broadcast at 3 o'clock Pacific. It'll be up on the website and then probably within a month or so also up on iTunes as a free download, free podcast for you if you like to uh, download those sorts of things. So
2: Totally. Awesome. Uh, so this piece is... Uh, I just performed this at my university, I go to UBC, and this was (laughs) a really intense performance art piece. Actually, uh, Lucia was in this class formerly. uh, Yeah, a a couple years years ago, yeah. Um, And this class is about performance art as activism, so so basically it's going to be a set of questions followed by a poem, uh, and then I can kind of unpack it more afterwards. Uh, In the original piece, I taped all these questions to my body and then taped the questions around the campus. Yeah. Why does the university punish plagiarism more than sexual assault? Number two, why are we so neutral? Number three, what happens when profs don't call out, not racist, just entitled to their own opinion students? Number four, why do we have a standardized land acknowledgement for events that must be read and cannot be deviated from? Number five, do we actually still believe in political democracy? Number six, do we actually still believe in journalistic objectivity? Number seven, what is academia? When is academia just a way to say radical left things in a safe bubble of privilege? Are we ignoring that fraternities were built on a system of white male privilege and power? Do fraternity members admit that sexual assault is a problem in their fraternity? Or does it only happen in the other ones? Why do we have three courses available on pipeline engineering? Why are key campus institutions traditions and events that have a history of sexual violence glorified? Why is all all violence minimized or denied? Who is not being exploited here? Why is the one article I found on police brutality against indigenous women only for people with access to a university database? What is decolonial work within a university? Why is sexual assault only dealt with through consent campaigns, but there's no justice for survivors? On that note, has any man ever been expelled for raping someone at UBC, or has there never been a single case of rape in this campus in the eyes of the institution? Why does the university administration not respond to suicide? What is the point of a competitive learning environment? Why does this university have a profit-focused model? Why do we only have one doctor in the hospital most of the time? Why is indigenous and African studies not required for poli-sci? How many times a day will a professor mention that we are so smart, so elite, and so educated? Why do they tell this to us? Why did my professor say two wrongs don't make a right when I called out abusive men in class? Why did my other prof say nothing when I said I don't appreciate him making jokes about known rapists? Why did the boy start crying in lecture when I said he was anti-feminist? Why did the free speech club get security guards? Why does the Trans Center give rentals to white supremacists? Why have I only had one black professor in three years? Are international students cash cows in the eyes of the university? Does the university care about reconciliation or public image? Do they know that they lie to us? What is the gap between lived experience and theory? When are we not allowed to say things inside the classroom? When are we not allowed to take it out of the classroom? The revolution will not be swallowed the revolution will not be swallowed the radical will not be edited out the fist will not be an emoji the margins will not become the poster this will not be a performance the measures will not be quiet the vengeance will be necessary the justice system will be deconstructed an orange pylon will be placed in front of every white house signaling orange suit is not okay orange maple leaf is not okay orange skin and white smile is not okay and the kids in the classroom taught to spell okay with a triple k will hear us only through the language they have chosen to Learn, but the revolution will not be swallowed up by the complicit as they reach for magical words or convenient fallacies. Their tongues will struggle to define themselves out of the idol. The full truth will be louder than any u- university anthem. The songs, the prayers, the art, the battle will megaphone against the textbooks. And the credit will not be cut up and appropriated. The credit cards will bark up and support. Our carnal teeth will kiss and scream with love and questions, ready to ask what's next after it's all exposed and they finally believe us.
0: Awesome. Thank you. That's great.
2: Thank Mm -hmm.
0: you. I love it. That would have been cool to see as a performance piece, too. Um, So we are almost out of time. If there's something quickly you want to mention about that? uh.
2: Um, Yes. Okay, I can very quickly. I have a big write-up about this and all of my research into making these questions uh that people can visit uh because i probably won't have time to go into everything right now Uh, it's tinyurl.com slash uvc body politics if you want to find out more about how to hold the institution accountable to some of this stuff
0: Great! Yeah. Thank you for being mm-hmm. our guest Thank today. You, thanks, thanks so much, much for yeah. having
2: me. It's been really lovely.
0: Angelica Paversky, uh, quickly events. Anything you got? Pop? Nope, none for me, Uh New word riot tonight. A showcase at the Redgate Review stage. That is with Angelica and a number of other poets. If you're listening on the Island Slam Poetry Night in Nanaimo on Friday with Lucia, Aaron Kirsch, and myself on uh, Saturday here in Vancouver. The New Dominion Reading Series at the Flex Space at three o uh, Flex Space three o eight at 268 Kiefer and on Monday it's uh the second of the Vancouver Poetry Slam semifinals. come see who makes finals at the end of this month uh that's all the time we've got I'm R.C. Weslowski
1: and I'm Lucia Mish, and I'm Angelica
0: thanks for being our guest today <laughs> thanks so much for having me no apologies necessary is coming up next